Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Wednesday evening, the eve of the NBA restart. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> that's Jackie McMullen and joining us from Boston area and joining us from his new home in Dallas, Texas. Timothy Ban McMahon. Suburban Dallas to be. All right. Clear. Right. Yeah, super- here I am. Yeah. Interested in your light light fixtures, Tim. What light fixtures did you choose? I didn't choose them. They were here and I could I have no idea what the hell is a I don't know, they turn on. That's good. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> on we go. Onward. Uh, um so tomorrow, first big game out of the shoot, we have uh the Pelicans of New Orleans against the Utah Jazz and Zion was listed as questionable. Now that we are recording this on, uh, as I said, Wednesday night, I have no idea what his status is going to be by Thursday morning. Um, I don't think he's going to play. And I'm not saying that because I have any sort of reporting, but uh, uh, he had an interesting quote today. You know, the NBA isn't something, you know, you can usually just jump straight into, like, especially off stuff like that. So I think, like I said, me and my team are going to look to see what's best and if I'm ready to go out there. Now he said other stuff. I'm 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 cherry picking a quote. You know, I don't want to make it seem like that was the only thing he said about it. But um, Jackie, when he says "me and my team," what is he what is he talking about? Me and my team. I think he's just talking about I I, I think he's just talking about the Pelicans. Do you think you mean he's talking about his like agent and his family and all that? Is that what you're suggesting? I'm shrugging my shoulders. I don't know. I think he just means New Orleans. I I don't think we should read too much into that. Okay. That's just me. Um, I think he did say something to the effect of, and I'm now paraphrasing, if you know me, you know I want to hoop. That's never going to change. I want to play. And so, you know, I think there might just be a, if you're Zion, you're dying to get back out there. You know that a lot of people believe the only reason the Pelicans were included in this bubble was because the NBA desperately wanted Zion on on the network playing for the association. And he's, I'm sure he's, he would want to play. He would want to make an impact because he missed so much time this year. But, and it's a big but, their, their chances of making this postseason are not great. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm not saying they don't exist. But at what price, right? I think the question for every team is short-term game, long-term view. And if I'm the Pelicans, I'm doing absolutely nothing to put – my franchise player in any kind of harm's way. And if that means that we're going to hold him out and he wants to play, that's the way it goes. McMahon, what do you think he means by my team? I don't know. I'm I'm not quite as, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm on the same page with Jack. I'm not, I'm not one. I'm not going to assume he means the Pelicans. So what? So what are the alternatives? So let let's instead of being so coy, agent, agent, you know, agent. Okay. All right. Well, his, yeah, his his, his stepfather has a counsel. Right. So, so let's, I'm not let's, saying let's, that. Let's I'm get, not saying let's get that a, out there. That's, I'm know? not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just yeah. When he when he said that, I was like, huh. You know, because typically, you know, when you say my team, it's people that you pay. <laughs> I have to pay you, but I. I don't want to put words in his mouth. I'm just, I'm just asking. I'm just asking the question. Yeah, Pelicans might be more of an R team, but uh, the team, know, the team. You know, the, but I'll say this: it's not like, as far as I know, perhaps I'm 
not mistaken, but it's not like the the uh, there's been any sort of friction that we're at least aware of between uh, Zion and, and the Pelicans in terms of his availability. I mean, they have certainly erred on the side of caution. No, I'm not saying any of that. I just thought it was a straight. I just thought it was an interesting thing to say. Yeah, um, and honestly, I'd be surprised if he plays. Tomorrow, well, at look, at some when point, he, I think he plays in the bubble. All right, so can I just read you a quote right after Z- Zion got back into the bubble? My family and I appreciate the love and respect everyone showed us while we dealt with the private family matter. I'm excited to rejoin my team in Orlando. Uh, okay. Just saying. Boy, this will be yeah. this will be interesting in a, in a court in a deposition. That'll be interesting. We could debate the <laughs> meaning of my. Um, I think that's a different reference, but maybe it's, I don't know. Um, good point. All right. I don't know. I have no Alamo idea. Says, we're all, we're all, let, let's be clear. We're all guessing. Okay. Right. I just, I, I don't know. Maybe it's nothing. I just, when he said that, I just went, huh. Mm. Um, when Zion f- started summer league and ramped up, he got hurt in the first game. When he started last fall and ramped up, he got hurt, had to have surgery. Started uh, two weeks ago. The athletic report that he's dealt with a bout of cramps, that could have been no big deal. Who knows? People have cramps. But certainly the fact that he then had to discontinue his his workouts to handle his family, um, to, mm-hmm. to be with his family, is worrisome because he has shown that he has been susceptible to injury uh, when ramping up in the past. And, you know, it's going to be <clears throat> zero to 100, as he said. Um and we know he's susceptible to injury. And so I'm more speaking, you know, there's so many fans who are so excited for the return of, of the games. And they're so excited to see Zion. This is, you know, these, you know, let's be honest, these next two weeks, teams are going to be on different missions. The way the Clippers and the Lakers play and the way the Bucks play is not going to be the way that the Grizzlies and the, you know, some of the teams in the West uh, play. It's just going to be a different experience for different teams, but the, the, the Pelicans, who definitely want to make the playoffs, and they have some veterans on that team who really want to do it. Yeah, they've got some young guys, but let me tell you, Drew Holiday wants to make it. Well, J.J. Reddick wants, yeah, wants to keep that streak going. That's right. How many years is it? What is 12? it, 13, I believe? 12 or 13? Yeah. Um, Derek Favors wants to make it. Yeah. Um, Brandon Ingram's never played in a playoff game. You know? So... Um, they're going to have the gas down. And so it's, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to just wade into the, into the shallow end. Um, and so I just, I, I hope fans are understanding if, if he is like, I can't do this right now because he's got to be under immense pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so much has been built around him. Yeah. Not just and, the playoffs, but the spotlight and, and you know, I mean, Kind of his role in the financial picture of the uh, of the league, the financial health of the league. Yeah, that was the thing about LeBron. I mean, not only early in his career, not only when he was on a big stage did he deliver, but he over delivered. Many people saw him do that in the NBA, his first NBA game. But if you go back to when he was 15 years old, you know his first state final four. I mean, at that moment, that was huge for him. It was in front of 15 or 20 thousand people, and people wanted him to fail, and he didn't. And you go up to his senior year. Uh, where he was on national television, where they brought in Dick Vitale and and Bill Walton and Jay Billis and made a big deal of it. And he delivered big time, provided all these 
highlights that lasted for months. And trust me, a thousand times in between, whether it was summer camps or other big games, he always blew people away. And, you know, Zion's had the same stage, but he just, you know, for reasons outside his control, he hasn't been able to do that. So I, I understand the pressure he's feeling. He's got to be feeling. But um, whoever his team is, it's, it's a hard thing to balance for sure. By the way, just to uh, put some numbers from our favorite nerd, Kevin Pelton, he has the Pelicans with a 19% chance to be the eight going in the play all, uh, the play-in scenario, a 39% chance to be the nine. So better than a 50-plus 50, 50 percent chance to, uh, to at least be in the play-in scenario. Right, and you can understand why if he can contribute because he, you know, the spurts we've seen, he had he had an instant impact on the game, and not just because of his own statistics, but the way he affected the players around him, which is what all the great players do, mm-hmm. right? And I, I still am marvel at what an incredible offensive rebounder is. I guess I didn't watch him enough um, before now to know to know that, and I, and I just love the fact that. He could do it, and that probably most of the coaches he plays for in the NBA will tell him not to bother, right? Because and I think they'll let him go after him. I don't know. I'm telling you, Tim, because the energy you expend on that end for an offensive rebound, it, it coaches would rather you get back on defense. Ask Doc Rivers about it. He, he's really funny about this. He haven't had. He hasn't had guys offensive rebound for a decade. Right, and he's had yeah. guys that can do it. So I'll yeah. be curious. I'll just be curious to see as he evolves. I don't know if he's had Zion. Well, no, but but that's sort of beside the point. It's just a, it's a philosophy. It, it's it's got little to do with. I mean, I've told you this guy's this story before, but Red Arbeck told Larry Bird to stop offensive rebounding because mm-hmm. he was he was losing weight and he was playing so many minutes and they needed him to do other stuff. And he was a great offensive rebounder. Jackie, I've never seen a player like Zion. I've never seen one. You could I, argue I, you could argue Barkley, but he is he he's taller as wide and as explosive as Barkley is much more explosive. Yeah. And I, I just, I mean, I'm excited like all the other people out there to see him play more because I, I love the joy with which he plays the game in the short amount I've been a time I've been able to watch him. And he's exactly what the NBA needs people like him with that kind of youthful exuberance, you know, and the skill set to back it up and a, a presence. He has a presence about him. He handles himself. Very well. He so he reminds me of LeBron in that regard. Well, speaking of LeBron again, um, you know he is on the Lakers injury report for a sore groin, that muscle that's been bothering him for a year and a half now. Mm. Um, that is the classic soft tissue injury. I mean, we in these next four or five days, hamstrings, mm-hmm. groin muscles. This is we you know. I think I've said this before, but um, when the soccer, when the first, the first um, league back pretty much was the Bundesliga in uh, German soccer, and they saw an incredible spike in uh, soft tissue injuries. So um, I know Although LeBron's. Has there, been, has there been a significant one? Was there one in the scrimmages? Soft tissue? Not that I know of. Right. Uh, so uh, let me ask you this, Brian, if I can, about LeBron on the on the injury list with this sore groin. Is it like Tom Brady with the sore knee on the Patriots injury list? And I'm not being I'm not trying to be a wise guy either. Tom Brady will always have issues with his knee. So it's now just an automatic thing. Of course, now we don't know how the Buccaneers will manage it. But uh, is it just one of those things that it, it's always going to be there on their report? 
or is this something that you think has been irritated since he got back into the bubble? Well, it's been irritated a few times. It was irritated a few times during last season. Right, but I'm asking um, about now. I'm asking. Well, I don't. Back in, you know, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, no, he he typically wasn't on it every single time, every okay. single day. Um, but they just have they just had to give their first injury list uh, today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, ahead of tomorrow, and he right. showed up with it on that, and they they let him sit out of scrimmage, mm-hmm. and he took it easy in some practices, which they might have done anyway. But I'm just right. So what you know. what's your level of concern? I'll play the game. Let's play. Um, my level of concern is you know mild, but it, the fact that it's that it popped up on there, you know, and there was, you know, <laughs> I think it was I don't remember who wrote the story, but uh, you know, yesterday he uh, he did this. Um, he did his interview in this giant chair that looked look like a throne. I saw that. That was a riot. Yeah. And I the reason that. he was in the chair um, was because he wanted to get all of his icing done while he was doing the interview, and he was just he was icing all over. He was, you know, which is which is standard for him. Right. Right. But um, it also means that he had a, he had a full hard practice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think he's probably fine, but I just think it should be pointed out. The other injury. Oh, well, how much is he going to play in these eight games? Well, that really, it's just a tune-up for the Lakers. They're the one seed. There's not that home court advantage matters at all. You I think he feel... plays all eight. No, um, maybe he misses uh, this one, the first one. No, I think he's going to play. He's listed a probable, and they. By the way, um, I went on a rant a few weeks ago about um, you know the NBA's transparency. Yes, um, you did. Uh, so the, the NBA announced some their procedures that they're going to go through, and they uh, the memo came out uh, over the weekend. I want to say it came out on Sunday, Saturday or Sunday, and I read the memo, and basically it sort of set the rules for for injury reporting, and basically that's there for gambling purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and <laughs> there's a few things that I'm sure will not be followed, such as day-to-day is not an acceptable designation. Uh, I think Joel Embiid was day to day. Was declared day to day that very day um, with his calf injury. But um, you know they have s- tried to set a standard here that if you say a guy is probable, he better be probable. If you say a guy is doubtful, he better be doubtful. Um, it even says right there in the memo. I don't have it right in front of me right now, but it even says there in the memo if a guy goes from doubtful to um, to to playing, or the guy goes from playing to out the league may request more information on that. In other words, don't, you know, be honest. Um, so, yeah, but, I mean, but that's ridiculous because things change in 24 hours. Sometimes pe- things get better. Sometimes they get worse. I mean, that's just from, from doubtful or probable. That's I don't, yeah. But yeah, sometimes, I, but that legitimately happens. Are you kidding me? You, you get treatment at the, at, at your bubble. All right. But it's all different now. Right. So you get your treatment, you go to bed, you, you sleep wrong. You wake up in the middle of the night. You try to ice it yourself. You, I mean, all sorts of things can happen. Well, I, I think, can go that, the other, I think it can go probable to yeah. doubtful. But I think, I way. think the, to, to use Jackie's favorite line, I think what they're saying, they're saying no shenanigans. Okay. That's fine. That's but, what but, they're saying. But, but what I'm saying is it's not out of the realm of possibility that overnight a player could worsen or overnight because of the great treatment that he got and, you know, whatever else that he could get significantly better. It happens, it happens all the time. But and, I, and by but, the way, all the Lakers games from this point on are basically national TV games. The only one that's not guaranteed is the, the last one against Sacramento. That's because none of those are set yet. I, I do think there's a possibility that the Clippers Lakers game, 
uh, Thursday could end could end up looking like one of the scrimmage games where we see yeah. intense competition for the first half, and then some guys don't play the second half, and then the fourth quarter mm-hmm. turns into the J.R. Smith Dion show. Sure, um, um, I do well, think that could happen. Keep the ratings up. Well, yeah, you know, I had a conversation with a GM today who's in the bubble. And uh, well, I should say whose team's in the bubble, maybe, so that nar- doesn't narrow things down. Uh, too late, I guess. He's in the bubble. Anyway, uh, um, he said to me that the thing he's most interested in is to see how people manage exactly what you were discussing here, guys. The long haul versus the short term. You know, do you want to get your team up and running or are you going to play for the long haul? And he said in some cases that doesn't even necessarily mean the long haul for the October. It might mean the long haul for next year even. So he's yeah. curious to see how people manage this. I think everybody, I think there'll be different uh, philosophies on how you unroll your team. I mean, if you're the Celtics, how much are you going to play Kemba Walk on Friday? Barely any, if at all. Well, I think that's for sure, at least in the seeding games. But I think the Celtics right. have a, the Celtics, you know, so at, let, the top, at the top level should think they have a chance to win the East, don't you? I mean. Right, right. So, so play along. So let's say he doesn't play very much in the seeding games and then the playoffs start. And Kemba's, you know, he's, it's still bulky. I love that word, bulky, bulky knee. And what do you do? Do you say, we're going to go for it anyway? Or do you realize that maybe that's what he did earlier in the year and which caused him the discomfort? Or do you shut him down? This is what I mean by the long haul. Not necessarily this year, but looking down the road. People well, and the, have- fact, the fact that there's no such thing as home court advantage really makes the seedings obviously much less important unless you're at say the bottom of the of the west bracket and obviously you've got the teams fighting for the last seed and then you've got the Mavericks sitting in seven they don't want to be there you, they well, do not want to see the clippers in the first round yeah, so everything i hear makes me them. everything i hear makes me think it looks even rosier for the raptors man yeah you know, we we got Embiid with a calf you know Jackie's raising Sabonis a, is out Sabonis you know I don't know what's going to happen with Oladipo. I don't know how much yeah. he's going to play. You know, we got you know, Jackie's giving, you know, and, you know, she's making a real, that's a real consideration. You know, Gordon Hayward's going to have to leave. Yeah. That may happen at a terrible timing moment. Man. Um, okay. So one guy to keep an eye on is Damian Lillard. So yeah. I would argue that the biggest game I haven't looked, I haven't analyzed the schedule through the weekend. So I don't know. I don't want to say it's the biggest game until, but I'll tell you one thing. One of the biggest games of the first few days is at 4 p.m. Eastern on Friday, which is a strange time. But um, it's Grizzlies Blazers first game out eight first nine. Um, Lillard is being is dealing with, quote, bottom of his foot inflammation or inflammation in his foot. I think they said bottom of his foot. Um, which sounds a lot like plantar fasciitis. Plantar fasciitis, you bet. Yeah. Um, oh, it's so painful. Oh, so painful. So, now here's my thing. I have no idea how Damian Lillard's foot feels. We'll see tomorrow, uh, Thursday at 5 o'clock. They have to s- submit their injury report, and we'll see whether they say probable, questionable, doubtful, out. We'll see what they say. It's a hugely important game for the Blazers. Hugely um, I've been talking to some executives about it this week and in talking about long haul and everything like that, one of the things that has been raised to me is if, is if the Blazers do not win that game and Dame is really dealing with, you know, an injury that could, 
affect him for months if he's not careful. And I have no idea, but this is what executives are talking about. What will they do with him if they, if they lose that game? Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is all the lift big, get big, and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be, Peloton encourages you to just start. With thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. By the way, we lost Jackie. Her Wi-Fi went out, so... Um... It'll just be me and you, brother. Uh oh. A lot of pressure on me. I, I gotta go. <laughs> I know. This is like it when the Dennis Rodman with the Bulls, if Rodman had to step up and score some buckets. So here I go. Yeah, but I mean, um you you can shoot, I'll get putbacks. Your jump shot actually might be better than Rodman's. Well, so. I bet you my left handed jump shot's better than Rodman's, but that's because he didn't shoot. <laughs> Um, yeah. So anyway, Friday's game, that that's a really big game. Um, Memphis, uh Memphis. And by the way, like the Blazers' schedule is is rough. <laughs> it's not as rough as the Grizzlies, though. That's true. That's true. Yeah, and by the way, I'm not saying the like, oh, it's over, you know. But if they push it out, you know, it's not over because you have to get within four. They don't have to actually right. catch them, you know. So, but they have to get in four and be at the top of the list of the teams within four. And obviously, the Pelicans are probably the favorite of that group. Uh, I still think, though, and I look, it's weighted clearly for the Grizzlies to come out because if you're the eight seed, you deserve to have it weighed towards you. Also, the Grizzlies look good. John Morant looks really good. They had Winslow go down before he could play one second for them. But uh, I don't think the Grizzlies are going to wilt. You know, it's so rare for a rookie to truly impact winning. Yeah. To like literally elevate your entire team. Um, LeBron elevated the Cavs, but not to a winning team. Durant, it took him a couple of years. Uh, even Luka last year, I mean, they were better, but it wasn't yeah. like he elevated them to the playoffs. I mean, Ja, and, and like, hello, look at the Western Conference. This wasn't exactly like a, a soft run. He, he has elevated that team. Along with Brandon Clark, who's a, should be an absolute lock for first team all rookie, but yeah, Ja is special. And you know, you talk about Zion and kind of rising to the occasion, and he's done that in the little bit of you know, like his debut. Obviously, was spectacular, so on and so forth. Ja Morant, you know, one thing he loves to say is, "I'm built for the moment," and he backs it up. Uh, you, you, I mean, Murray State's 12 seed last year, he has a. 16 assists, triple-double in the first round they win. And then you look at some of his best games, you know, dominated Kyrie Irving. 
for for the Grizzlies' first win. Scores thirty, blocks his shots, to send it into overtime. You know, game winning assist. Um, two of his highest scoring games are against the Lakers. One of those was a win. He's lit the Rockets up a couple times and wins. I mean, he is a guy who likes the big stage, and so I think he's obviously he's going to be a, a ton of fun to watch in the bubble. But I, I really expect John Morant to uh, to rise to the occasion again in the pressure of the bubble. Well, uh, John Morant uh, was number one on my rookie of the year ballot, and uh, Brandon Clark was number three. And I Who's don't have Zion? Uh, Kendrick Nunn. I, I mean, Zion played 19 games. I can't. Yeah. I just can't. Um, I was prepared to reevaluate in this eight-game stretch, but I was right. ordered not to. Um, I'm not going to go over my entire ballot. If you want, if you want any, you know, whatever. But I can't remember the last time. I mean, I don't have exhaustive records. Like Zach Lowe can probably pull up who he had as second team all rookie in 2014. <laughs> he probably has some sort of file. Um, I don't keep those types of files. I remember who I voted for for MVP every year, but yeah. I don't remember ever having two uh, two guys on the same uh, on the same from the same team on my top three ballot ever. Um, well, what about the Clippers in Sixth Man of the Year this year? Uh, Lou did not make my okay. my ballot. I, I think well, Lou Lou had a down year this year, in my opinion. My ballot must have been so bad last year because the NBA didn't give me a vote this year. Uh, really? Yeah, I mean, I, they must have confused me with like the Italian journalist or whoever always has the crazy ballot. They they yanked my vote, man. <laughs> That's right, that guy. Um, well, we'll we'll address that. Um, <laughs> I'm okay with it. It's uh, you know, I take it pretty seriously. You know, and yeah, it, it, uh, you know, there's it's very difficult on the positioning. Well, and it's like Anthony Davis doesn't want to play center, but then he wants to be voted center on the All NBA team because that's the way that he can get first team. And so, what you know? But Anthony Davis is not a center. He, exactly. He, he they started other they started other guys at center. He's not a center by his choice. Right. I mean, I know that there are occasions when he plays center, but if you're going to have the positions, exactly, you have the, the positions. Position. Don't. If you want to put well, the like, best five, fine. Then don't have positions. Period. Well, here's the thing: like a lot of people to alleviate, you know, in this particular year. Other years is different. In this particular year, there were more guard candidates for All NBA than there were forward candidates, um, especially if you wanted to put Anthony Davis as a center, which I did not because he's not a center. Um, But so a lot of people put Luca as a forward. Right. But Luca does not play forward. No, he's a point guard. Luca. And I've seen people putting Kawhi as a guard. Kawhi is not a guard. He's no, in no earth. You can make the argument for LeBron being a guard. I'll accept that argument. Kawhi is not a guard. In fact, this year, Jimmy Butler played exclusively forward. He he played more power forward than he did shooting guard. I don't think he barely played shooting guard at all. So this year, Jimmy Butler was a forward. I really tried to pay it. I really tried to honor this, you know. So like, yeah. Um. So you know, di- you know, so it takes some time to try to to do this right. I'm now. I'm not going to tell you that I wrestled over second team all rookie. Okay, um, but you know, I I take it pretty seriously, and I really try to get 
you know, the all defensive teams, you know, I recognize that I don't know everything about defense. And so I talk to people and try to get mm-hmm. their uh, opinions. But um, you better wrestle with the second team all rookie. You've got agents blasting people for uh, rising stars nominations and lack uh, thereof. So be careful. Well, there are teams that were second team all rookie really matters because, this, you know, the executives want to, you know, validate their draft picks. Mm. Um, and there were agents calling around trying to get second team all rookie votes. Um, uh, I will listen to anybody, but I'm very, you know, and occasionally uh, a, a case is made, but I'm, I'm very rarely persuaded by, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes a, a team, you know, there'll be a case presented. I'm like, you know, I didn't think about it that way. So I look at it, but anyway, uh, so, you know, Memphis, to have those two rookies make such a meaningful impact is just very rare. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and I have said this before, I mean, and this is something they live. They may have to qualify for the playoffs three times <laughs> in the, in the 65 games they played the regular season, they qualified. Mm-hmm. Okay. This situation happened. Now they got to try to get eighth again. And if they get eighth by less than four games, they got to do it a third time in a play-in tournament. Um, if they, if they get the eighth seed, they will have earned it. Yeah, and this is a franchise who the big question going into the season was, are they going to give up the top six protected pick they owe the Celtics? Because everybody thought, man, Conley's gone, Gasol's gone, complete rebuilding job. Boy, they're going to be awful for a while. And they they ain't bad right now, and the future's pretty bright. Yeah, um, they've they've done a really good job. Um, So I want to talk a little bit about Joel Embiid. um, he's dinged up with a calf injury. Mm-hmm. Um, day to day, uh, we'll see tomorrow. They play on Friday. I think I believe they open with the Celtics on Friday in a savory game. Although I don't know what Celtics players are going to be playing. Um, you know, Embiid has said a couple of times, in some of it's coded, but some of it's just straight out that. Um, uh, he really wants to remind everybody that he should be getting the ball a lot. You know, I think at the beginning, going into this season, uh, he was more willing to yield a little bit to try to make everything fit. I don't think he liked the way the season went. And I've noticed a little bit of a change in his demeanor um, as he's given interviews over the last month. Now, it doesn't really matter what he says. What it matters is what he does. Um, I'm going to be watching the Sixers probably as closely as any team because we talked about how there's a little bit of softness in the East. There's room there for the Sixers to make a run, but only if it all works together. And it's been one of the biggest storylines of the whole year so far. Yeah. And look, they made obviously the really significant change of putting Ben Simmons at his natural position at power forward. You know, we've talked about before, I think that's something that needed to happen to give that pairing a chance to to uh to work long term um but if it's a short term playoff run i mean who knows what kind of changes could be made you know simmons could have a new address next year or Embiid. i don't think yeah i don't think that's gonna happen Mm -hmm. i wouldn't i wouldn't put i wouldn't rule out the possibility obviously if there's major changes they're probably starting with the head coach but i'm just saying that franchise if they don't make an extended run in the East, that franchise is is ripe for major change. Um, but having said that, uh, 
you know, Embiid's health's always a wild card, and and obviously now the talent is there. I mean, you could argue they're the most talented team in the Eastern Conference. Well, they've got the biggest payroll, and next year they've got a hundred forty-seven million dollar payroll in a league where we don't know what that's going to mean. Uh, now their their owner, Josh Harris, their primary owner, controlling owner, Josh Harris, has put in a bid for the Mets. Um, so I don't think he's having trouble making his uh, his his payroll. That said, mm-hmm. you know, if there's no fans next year and and the and the Sixers are looking at losing tens of millions of dollars, I could see them looking for options to reduce payroll. Just because well, they looked for options, and then they got such bad publicity that, that they did a 180. Well, that was that was. <laughs> One game check to to Kylo right. Quinn is what they were looking to try to save. I mean that wasn't uh, that was a different story. But um, I, I would just when you watch the Sixers, uh, they're on. I believe they're on ESPN uh, Friday night. When you watch the Sixers, just keep an eye on Joel Embiid. How many touches is he getting? If he's um, playing. Well, if he's playing, right, right. How many touches is he getting? How does he? What's his? What's his demeanor about those touches? Because he's had to sit around for four months and think about the way to play. And, what's his body language if he doesn't touch the ball for right. a couple of possessions? Right, and like I think on balance he's been pretty good this year. But like I said, he's had a long time to sit around and think about how things should be played and the way. And he's they're a long way from Philadelphia, which is the only place they could win games this year. Oh, they have no choice. They have to now win in Orlando or it's going to be a short run. Um, before we go, I wanted to talk uh, about the team in your hitting zone. Neck of the woods. Neck of the woods. Your hitting zone, whatever. Uh, is Houston your neck of the woods relative to the whole country? I, guess I mean, relative. I kind of claim the whole uh, state of Texas is my neck of the woods. So um, a little bit of a stretch. It's a big state, but yeah. Um, Eric Gordon sprains his ankle. Woj says one to two weeks. Uh, I think now the only thing is, is can he come back by the playoffs? I think that's the question. Their seed doesn't really matter. Unless they Um, slip to seven and then it matters a lot. Which they could. Oh, yeah. Um, They're a game and a half ahead of the Mavericks and open up the uh, seeding schedule with them Friday night. But I don't think it really matters because ultimately, if you're them, you're probably going to have to beat both LA teams anyway. Yeah. So whether you play LA right out of the gate or not, mm. personally, I would love the big to- difference between a first round exit and I don't know. I mean, you can argue it, but yeah. Well, I mean, you think of the second round exit, they're going to keep D'Antoni versus a first round exit. I think unless I they think, go to the finals, I don't think D'Antoni's. Yeah, I don't think there'll be any satisfaction. You're right, either way, but I still think you'd rather be able to face somebody else first and deal with the LAs uh, later. Especially well, now, as you're trying to tune up, and and you know the Rockets have been kind of consistently talking about this. Eight, to your point, talking about the eight game seeding schedule is kind of a time for them to to tune up and to you know hoping that they're peaking by the playoffs. And part of that was because you know Russ obviously was such a late arrival to uh, to Orlando, coming off of having to recover from coronavirus. Uh, Harden was a late arrival, but he you know he pretty much snapped right back into early season form. Well, I didn't um, think – I thought Harden looked out of shape in the first game against the Raptors. I know he put up good numbers. Yeah. I thought he looked out of shape. Um, 
But then he went out and scored 30 in the first half last night, put up seven threes. And I guess if, if his step back three is working, it doesn't matter. Right. These last couple of scrimmages, he, he looked really good. But Eric Gordon was a huge, and you know, hopefully for them still is, a huge, huge key. Um, frankly, he has been awful this year. He had the knee surgery in November, was out six well, weeks. They, first, they extended his contract. Yeah. It gave him 76 mil over four years, which is kind of a makeup gift. Hey, yeah, we we're going to trade you if Jimmy Butler said yes, but here's 76 million. We love you. Um, whoops. Uh, but then he had the knee surgery, missed six weeks, never really – he did have a 51-point game against the Jazz when uh, both Russ and Harden sat. But other than that, it's been a struggle. Shooting a career-low 37% from the floor, low 30s from three-point range, averaging the fewest points since he's been in Houston. Uh, he he was heavy just because you know, you're know you out six weeks with a knee and he's kind of a naturally stocky guy, and, and he never really got – the combination of conditioning and rhythm. So he was a the guy they really were hoping, hey, essentially a, a, an off-season plus in terms of the time of that hiatus, let him get healthy, let him get back in shape. And they were thinking if we can get Eric Gordon from you know last season's playoffs back, that's a huge boost. And now you know he's going to miss who knows how many games, maybe the whole season schedule we'll see. And we'll see what his condition is after that. So that was that's yeah, a major. They're just not very major. deep. They're just not very deep. I mean, he's yeah. there. Like he's there. He plays some power forward for them. He guards power forward, and really, what he is, he he is their third bucket getter. I mean, obviously, they're counting on Harden Westbrook to put up sixty plus per game, but Gordon is the one other guy on that team who is uh, a threat to you know score twenty five or thirty, and it, you know is a guy who can. Uh, not only shoot threes, but, you know, create off the dribble. Um, and it's a big – I mean, you look at the other guys in the starting lineup, P.J. Tucker op- offensively, obviously he's a stand-in-the-corner shoot three guys. You know, yeah. Covington's a catch-and-shoot guy. Uh, they'll probably start Daniel House now. He's got some athleticism, but he's not a creator off the dribble. Yeah, I mean, um, he, can, so, he can have a 20-point game, but he's, you're not expecting it routinely. Yeah, and any of their guys can have twenty point games. Yeah, I mean Austin like Rivers in the score yeah. occasionally. Right. Uh, but they really needed Gordon to be that consistent, dangerous third scorer. And obviously he's not going to be that while he's sitting out. And then, you know, <laughs> coming back off another injury, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. So what I would love to see happen is I would love to see them get the four seed. And I'd love to see them play the Lakers in the second round. Well, how would you love to see him play the Thunder in the first round? Let's not just assume that's well, uh, a walk in the park. You think Chris Paul might have a little chip on his shoulder there? Well, that would be amazing. I um, I was talking to – I was on the jump today with Amin Al-Hassan, and he predicted in that scenario that the that the Thunder would win that series. I Listen, the Thunder – and I slept on him as much as anybody – but you have to respect the Thunder. I'm not saying they're a threat necessarily to win the West. I'm saying they're a team that I don't think anybody wants to see in the playoffs. They've got uh, the fourth best record in the league in 2020. They are by far the, I mean, Cajones factor team of the year. You look at clutch plus minus, blows everybody out of the water. Chris Paul's been the best closer in the league this year, and it's not, there's not a close second. Nobody wants to see the Thunder in the first did you round. See the, did, did you see the play Steven Adams made? Um, this week, 
in the scrimmage against um, – it's, it's probably one of the more amazing plays I've seen all season. Is against the Blazers in a scrimmage. He's um, he's got the ball in on the post. I think Mello is guarding him. He mm-hmm. tries to make a move and he falls down. And um, he's dribbling the ball, and he keeps his dribble. Seven foot, seven foot. Stephen Adams stands back up while dribbling. Okay, Mello is infuriated that he didn't get called for a travel. He probably did travel. Uh, I didn't watch the feet, but he probably did. And Mello starts complaining to the officials. And while he's complaining to the officials, Stephen Adams gets back on his feet and then does a Euro step drive to the basket, which I've seen him do before, but it's still amazing to see a seven footer with a full beard and hair down the middle of his back. Aquaman. Stand up, dribble his way to his feet and then do a Euro step. It was, it was just an absolutely breathtaking play. Um, you know, he's another guy too. I mean, I, you know, I, I think that, you know, the West in general, four through seven, we just don't know how it's going to shake out. And, you know, Denver's a question mark, but. Three through um, seven, throw the nuggets in there. They've yeah. got, they've got some issues to overcome. Yeah. Um, they had to deal with, uh, they had to deal with questions about anti-vaxxing. Uh, oh boy. Sure, sure. That was not something that they, yeah. uh, that they thought was going to happen, but. Um, and I, th- I think the rock, you know, how many teams do we honestly, honestly, honestly think could beat the Lakers and Clippers or even one or the other? I mean, honestly, honestly, the, the Rockets are the one that I think, and, and I would not pick the Rockets to beat either. I don't want to like, me, let's not, yeah. let's not go too far. But if Harden's playing at the level he did for the first couple months of the season and Russ is playing at the level he did for the last couple of months before it was suspended. In other words, if both those guys are in MVP form, I think you at least have to say the Rockets have a puncher's chance. Or yeah, a I mean, or I know that the, they had Dunker's chance. I know the Nuggets would say that they think they can. Um, nah. I'm not moved. Um, I, you know, I think the Rockets are the more dangerous of those teams. Yeah, just because you've got two recent MVPs who – have shown this season stretches where they're at that sort of level. You have to have crazy firepower to have a chance against either one of those teams. That's true. You are going to have to, you are going to have to rely on big time uh, playmaking and they've got two guys who can do it and just nobody else has that. Um, uh, you know, I, I will be interested to see what happens with the Mavericks. I'll be interested to see what they look like. Um, Luca looks lean. Andrew Hahn wants to talk about his tan, but I'm saying he looks lean. He looks quick. He looks healthy, which he hadn't been since December because of the ankles. Yeah, he kept spraying the ankle. Et yeah. yeah. I think I think Luke is going to put on a pretty good show in the bubble. Um, Got to get out of seven, though. If they see the Clippers in the first round, they won't be in the bubble that long. Yeah, but, I mean, Luca is just, uh, you know, Luca as a forward, you know, doesn't make my uh, – you know, I can't. I definitely didn't put him a forward. I put him a guard. Uh, yeah. I, I had a, so I had a difficult question, McMahon. I had to choose between Harden and Luca for the guard spot. I did not. I did not cheat. Uh, and, yeah. and put. Uh, so you know, I I. I'm not talking about for uh, for first team All NBA. You got you got LeBron at, at forward. No, I got LeBron at guard. 
Okay, you made LeBron a guard. So, I mean, LeBron okay. was their starting point guard. Um, LeBron at one guard, uh, Anthony, Davis, Anthony Davis and Giannis is the two forwards, and okay. uh, Nikola Jokic at center because, in my mind, he's the best center in the league. Uh, that's all fair. So I had to, I, I had to choose between Harden and, and Doncic for the last uh, guard spot, um, and uh, I spent some time with it. And I just felt that Luca's, you know, Harden's role was just different this year. Um, I don't think he had the same season of quality that he's had in recent years. I know I shouldn't be comparing it, but yeah, I've I voted Luca. Yeah, and look, they both faded because of I think Harden ran out of you know he he was low on gas he he won't admit that but you know he gets beat up he's playing the heavy minutes he's guarding big guys his shooting efficiency was ridiculous in the first couple months of the season and went way down but Luca faded too and it was cuz he got beat up you know with the injuries and just wear and tear but you know one Harden faded and he and he's leading the league in scoring with almost 35 points a game and Luca faded and he's got 29 9 and 8 <laughs> right not bad well, now look, Harden's going to make first team because most people are going to put Anthony Davis at center, and, yeah, and you know, and and they'll put either they'll put either Luca or LeBron at forward, even though LeBron was their point guard. I mean, you know, the argument could be made that LeBron's playing the same position that he has for most of his career. I mean, I I guess that's not untrue, but he he was their starting point guard. I don't know what I'm supposed mm-hmm. to do. Um, so my guess and is then Luca's unquestionably the Mavericks starting point guard. I mean, if you ask Rick Carlisle what's Luca's position, he'll tell you he's our point guard. I looked at the numbers, and he supposedly played point guard like seventy-eight percent of the time, and shooting guard twenty-two percent or something like that. Yeah, I didn't see those. I didn't see the twenty-two percent, but yeah. Well, whatever, something like that. But it didn't have him at forward at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I know this. He brings the ball off the floor every possession. Right. He's the point guard. Um, so. You know, I, I didn't like doing it, but I, you know, and, you know, and it's, by the way, Harden's role was supposed to be lightened a little bit this year. That was the point of the trade. Um, so it was also hard to keep Kawhi off, but, you know, Kawhi doesn't put the gas down in the regular season. And, uh, right. you know, Kawhi, a lot of people are going to have Kawhi on first team. Mm-hmm. I had Kawhi second team forward. So, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't love that situation, but I, I did it. Now the other, the other, you know, big question I had, I really debated um, on putting Chris Paul on my MVP ballot at fifth. Um, I really wasn't sure what I was going to do with that um, because I felt like he he was the the example of what someone who's the most valuable player is to his team. Um, yeah. But I. I I just wasn't able to. I um I put Kawhi in because I just think Kawhi is super duper valuable and you know in in a lot of the big games this year he did show up. So um so I guess Chris Paul would have finished sixth. Um, but uh, um you know I definitely you know those were the ones that I I sort of twisted on. Uh, I don't I don't know what their plan is for how they're going to roll these out. But um, by the way, I didn't like. The, why are why does this eight game seeding schedule not count towards these awards? I know. I thought that was strange. Number one, like why are you taking a story, you know, 
multiple storylines potentially off the table for these games. And then the whole like, well, you know, we want to make it fair for everybody. So for the teams that didn't qualify, okay, if your team didn't qualify, you shouldn't be in the running for any damn awards anyways. If you're one of the, you know, the, the eight sitting your butt on the couch, tough crap. You're on a crappy team. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think if I have anybody on these ballots at all who isn't in the bubble. I'm uh, maybe some rookies. Uh, maybe there's yeah, like like Eric Pascal made my all first okay, team all great. rookie. You know, um, <clears throat> Colby White made my second team. Um, PJ Washington made my all rookie team. So there's a couple, but like as far as anybody else, they're all there. I mean, it's not like it changed. It really changed it. So um, yeah, I agree. I, and and did you see? But the league ruled. Now, I don't. I highly doubt this will come into play. But like anybody who plays their first career games in the bubble, they won't count as their rookie season. So like, yeah. Well, I get that. And that's basically, hey, Bull Bull will be eligible for rookie of the year. <laughs> right. That's, that's all they're saying there. Right. Yeah. Uh, why like, not? Who else would it be? Is there maybe there's a G League, you know, two way? I don't know. You but never it's know. Bull Bull. You never know. Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah, there may be maybe next year's Kendrick Nunn is on one of these rosters, and we just don't know it. But right, but like that, what they're saying is like um, these stats count, but like nothing else does. Well, it's like the uh, it's like the September call up in, uh, in in baseball. Right, they don't count for the rookies, but you know their stats count. I guess that's a good that's a good comparison. Um, all right, well, thank you, McMahon. Sorry we lost Jackie, but um, uh, we'll talk to her soon. We um, made it through. We did. And I look forward to tomorrow. We got real basketball. We'll be talking about real basketball next time we talk to you. Have a great end of the week, everyone. Thanks for listening. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code HOOP. That's code HOOP. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats, experience it live.